Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Much More Football Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Lippo, alongside Mitch Farnsworth and Mitch Bala. Mitch Bala, how are you doing today? Oh, it's a great day. It's Victory Friday. The Browns won last night. Um, I can't complain. We're here. Yep. Life's good. Browns are making the playoffs. Whoa. Uh, I know this is a college football podcast, but guess what? I'm going to say that. That's fair. Farnsworth, uh, how are you doing over there? I'm okay. All right. We're, I'm, just, I'm happy. Just, you're... Wait, just okay? <laughs> We're doing okay. Is it, are you still recovering from the uh, Akron loss the other night in front of the sold-out crowd they had? Well, you can never recover from a loss. <laughs> you know, the only way to answer is with them. Was Akron going to win next week? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. So starting off, we have to? <laughs> starting off this show, um, we have to obviously recap last game's uh, – Last week's huge games, he had LSU beating Alabama and um, my Minnesota Golden Gophers beating. Oh, you own, you own Minnesota? Yep. You do? Really? I, I claim them from like week three on. Interesting. So they're my team. Minnesota beat uh, upsetting Penn State. So just, Bala, we'll start with you. LSU beating Alabama. We both called it. We expected Burrow to have a huge day, and he did. So what are your thoughts on the game? Go Tigers. That's all that needs to be said. I had faith in Joe Burrow the entire time. Uh, and to anyone that goes, oh, Tua is the greatest quarterback. He had 418 yards. Well, guess what? They were also down 20-some at some point, yeah. which means they can't run the ball to come back in the game. And the last pass was like an 80-yard, yeah, the last, 83 yards. The last pass was just horrendous defense. A press coverage. Uh, LSU goes in to prevent defense, man-to-man, and you know that Alabama has to throw, yet – you're playing three yards off the line of scrimmage. Why? I don't know. Sense. It didn't make sense. So, Coach Oh, I know you're a great coach. You'll figure that one out and realize, mm-hmm. ah, wow, that was stupid. Yeah. But um, for all these two people with 418 yards and, you know, this many Stinker. touchdowns, tough. Guess what? He lost. But what's really annoying is the fact they're uh, five right now. You know the funniest part, though, the whole game, he's not really lumping. And the second the game's yes. over, yes. he's just, like, on one leg. Oh. Yep. As soon as soon, when he threw that touchdown pass to make it a one score game, fine. he ran off the field. But as yep. soon as that clock hit zero, they went to him on the sideline. Oh my! Ankle. Oh my! My ankle! Oh yeah. my foot! My my pinky! My yeah. pinky toe! Oh my ear! I, it's whatever, Tua. Yeah. You're, you're soft. You know you're not. I hope he gets drafted by the Bengals. No, I hope he gets drafted by the Bengals because he's gonna go play in cold weather, which he's never played in before. True. So then he'll cry a little more when it's sixty degrees in September instead of eighty-five in Alabama. It's a fair point. Yeah, I know. So, Farms, with your thoughts on the huge game that happened last week? It was very interesting. It, it was uh, Alabama right at the beginning of the game. They took that first drive, get down into the red zone, and then Tua makes that mistake of fumbling the ball. And it kind of just went LSU's way. They got those 10, I think it was 10 straight points right after that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Burrow played really well, obviously. Th- over 80% again with this completion rate. Um, Tua... Uh, didn't really get anything started in the first half. And then um, the second half, a lot better. They played, obviously, he made a comeback. Um, but I felt like LSU, again, went a little more of um, a, uh, a conservative again uh, with their way they played. Uh, but then they kind of saw that Alabama was coming back, and they made adjustments to that, and uh, they pulled out the win there. Um, just really impressed in the way that LSU – you know, they came out strong in that game. How Alabama took down the field. They get that lucky break, score quickly and often. Um, 
kind of went, like I said, conservative. I don't really like the way that, you know, coaches are going conservative with the football, but, you know, they still got the win. I thought Alabama's wide receivers were going to play a lot better than I thought they, uh, you know, when I first thought they were going to play a lot better against LSU's secondary, but still, you know, uh, LSU made the plays when they needed to. They made two uncomfortable, and they won the game. Yeah, speaking of wide receivers, Jerry Judy, pretty much uh, the best wide receiver in all of college football, drops two touchdown passes in the biggest game of the year. You really rarely see that. Um, so any final thoughts on this last game? Um, I will back up the committee's decision to put them at one. Strictly, I mean, I yeah. know Mitch has been a huge Ohio State one. They've looked the best, the eye test, and I agree with that completely. Um, as an Ohio State fan, though, I will say – I will strictly put LSU up there strictly because at the time, granted, you know, Texas somehow jumped back into the rankings this week. After three straight, at, barely wins. At the time, they have beaten four ranked and highly ranked opponents. Um, None of them convincing, really. But have they won? No, well, you're not wrong. They obviously won. They, they won. I mean, that's all that matters at this point. Well, if we're going to talk like at the time they ranked, Ohio State has six ranked wins, don't they? Or five ranked wins because Cincinnati's ranked. Wisconsin was ranked. Michigan State was. But no, at the time, at the time when Cincinnati wasn't ranked when Ohio State played them, were they? Well, um, I'm saying at the time they played the team. Okay, well, they played UCLA the first week and then they played Ohio State the second week, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying Texas was ranked when LSU played them. Yes. Uh, If we're going to talk about that, then we got to put, like, Ohio State's wins if we are going to put it in that category of the time. Like teams they beat when they were ranked as well, obviously. Right, but yeah. I still I still think it's only two teams: Michigan State and Wisconsin. If I'm not Michigan mistaken, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Because uh, I, I do not believe Cincinnati in there because now they're ranked. Yeah, they're so seventeen that, right now. They're, they're ranked now, but at but at the beginning of the season, the second game of the season when they played them, I don't think they were ranked. Texas, I, I know Perhaps Texas is ranked now. Texas, but is, yeah, when 19. they played Texas to open or the beginning of the season. It was like a top-ten matchup. It was a top-ten matchup is what I'm saying because Texas dropped out the past three weeks. That's all I'm saying. At the time, when they beat Texas, they beat, you know, the number, we'll say, whatever, nine team in the country at the time. Yeah. Okay, granted, they're 17th now, but, I mean, it's the same thing that goes on with all these arguments. Oh, they beat so-and-so. Yeah, well, guess what? They could have beat the number nine team, uh, the ranked number nine team in the country, but they've also lost seven games in a row now, so they're not that good. Texas. So, yeah, Ohio State's beat five ranked teams, you know, and by four of them were, or three of them are not ranked anymore. Obviously, Maryland used to be 21, but they were very overrated after <laughs> the first two weeks. Wisconsin played really well until they lost to Illinois. Michigan State has fallen off since they lost uh, played that Ohio State game. Nebraska was overhyped, and Cincinnati has totally turned their season after uh, that Ohio State loss, and they, I think they haven't lost since. So No, they have not. So with, yeah. sticking with the Big Ten, obviously uh, another the biggest matchup in the Big Ten last week, Minnesota Golden Gophers against the Penn State Nittany Lions. Both teams were undefeated, um, and Minnesota pulled it out. They they shut everybody up the whole year. I know not just on this podcast, but ESPN, Fox, they're all saying, well, they haven't played anyone. Their non-conference schedule is weak, which that can be true, and both things can be true. Their non-conference schedule is weak, and they just have one of the best top ten wins in all of college football. Um, they beat the committee's number four team at the time, and they vaulted all the way up from 17 to now eight. So, Mitch Paul, your thoughts on Minnesota and, and, and the performance they put together? Yeah, I was wrong. 
I'm just just in general your thoughts on the game. I'm, I'm just coming out right now. Yeah. I will admit I was wrong last week. Um, I was at the Ohio State Maryland game last week, and I was checking the Penn State Minnesota score multiple times. Yep. Um, I remember vividly remember texting Mitch separately saying I can't believe this is happening right now. Yep. I remember going out after the Ohio State game thinking, wow, there's no way. And sure enough, Minnesota did it. Um, what do you say? I, I'm not. I'm not saying Minnesota is you know legit yet. But do they have one? Do they have one impressive win? Yes. Is that the only impressive win they have? Yes. They. I mean, we could do a laundry list of teams. They, I mean, they I understand. Won. I'm not disagreeing with that yeah. at all. Are they undefeated? Yes. Have they come and shown up week in week out? They are undefeated. Exactly. Something yeah. Oklahoma can't do. Right. Just exactly. Alabama is not undefeated. Alabama, Georgia, nobody. Granted, Alabama lost to it. A very good team. But, I'll, I'll say that. But the but, thing, uh, a quick thing about Alabama, Alabama's biggest thing on the resume will be quality loss. Their quality loss should not put I agree them with in that the But I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. when you look at Oklahoma and Alabama, Oklahoma lost to a K-State team that is average. And then K-State just lost to Texas. Exactly. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Minnesota showed up last week. They've shown up week in and week out. No matter what the scoring margin is, they're undefeated. Okay? Yep. They play Iowa this week. Could be a They play Wisconsin the following week, right? Um, I think believe it's a bye week and then, and then Wisconsin. or they play somebody bad and then Wisconsin's the last okay, game of so, the year. But they still have Iowa and Wisconsin two of the last three games. At Iowa and then home against Wisconsin. Yeah, so they have a chance to make the statement and go to the Big Ten Championship game and then face either Ohio State or Penn State. Okay? You're right. So they control their own destiny. That's really, all there is to it. Yep. Um, as far as last week, Penn State's secondary looked terrible. I mean, they were hyped to be a top they five were hyped, defense. They, you're you're exactly just... right. They were hyped up, and they did not deliver. They didn't show up. I I give credit PJ to Fleck. Minnesota, P.J. Yeah. Fleck. He is doing a tremendous job there and just got that huge extension. And I you know, I had said, wow. Before got, the big game. He got a huge extension before the big game. Wow. And you know what? He had his team ready to play. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly am a fan of him. Listening to him talk mm-hmm. about his team and – his coaching, it, it, it's hard to dislike the guy. Oh, it really is. Really, he's, right? he's a very great guy. He's a good coach. I mean, and he's taking this school that has not been known for football for a very long time and right. all of a sudden has a chance to take him to the Big Ten Championship game if they stay focused. And, um, I look, I'll say, like I said, Minnesota proved me wrong. Um, I will say this. Um, I know Mitch Farnsworth has harped on this the past few weeks of teams getting somewhat – of a big lead and then letting off the the break, and Minnesota could have been victim. It could the last pass could have easily been pass interference. It looked like Penn State was gonna go down and and win the game. Really, they had the huge uh, post pattern. The dude fell down and they had offensive pass interference and they almost blew it. Um, and then so Mitch Farnsworth, that's another team really Minnesota that that fell victim of getting a big lead and, and got conservative. And I know you've been harping on on how that comes back to haunt teams, and it, it really almost did uh, this week. So what was your thoughts on Minnesota's performance? Uh, I was actually quietly surprised, and I sincerely apologize Thank to you. everyone from Minnesota, and I apologize to you, Frankie. Thank, I appreciate that. And you know that. how much that hurts me. <laughs> I have to say it, though. I was wrong. Appreciate Minnesota it. played a great game. Penn State secondary is an absolute liability, and Penn State needs to figure out that situation next because if they play anything like that next week against Ohio State, they will get burned the whole game. Because there was the one guy, I think it was Bateman from Minnesota, had uh, seven receptions for 203 yards. 
and it was an absolute tragedy an absolute tragedy and how bad that secondary played um they answered though the call that offense answered the call the quarterback was i think not really 100 percent. i could you can definitely see it that he was not 100 percent the whole you know second you know half or something like that because he had that ankle or something with the thigh injury on that second the uh, or uh the touchdown to make it a one possession game right but um yeah, it was, uh, it was very interesting to see how changed the Penn State team looked. The play calling wasn't that good. I thought it definitely could have got a lot better. Um, you know, it was some questionable calls you could have done, running it up the gut inside the four, you know, nothing, you know, trying to go around after that. But, you know, the pass interference, it's debatable. We could debate that all day. I've seen it called and I've seen it not called. But in the end, it's Minnesota that won. Penn State's going to have to, you know, answer some questions about their secondary and how they're going to, you know, bounce back from this. They've, I'm not sure who Penn State plays this week. Indiana. Have to look at Indiana. So that yeah, Indiana team's going to be no slouch. You they're know? running too. No, yeah. they're not. They're not. It, right it's anymore? a very good Indiana team. They played really well since they lost to uh, Ohio State. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see. Indiana's no slouch. They usually aren't against, you know, better teams. Definitely against Michigan, they play really well. So, uh, is it at Indiana? It is home again. Penn State's home. Okay, so they should be okay then. But I yeah. think Penn State will rebound for sure. Um, any any final thoughts on the last two games before you move into this week? Uh, I mean, LSU has just proven to uh, to me, and I think the rest of the college football committee. And I'll say most of the country that they are the number one team in the country. Yeah. And uh, Minnesota is no slouch as of now. If it'll they, be it'll be interesting when Ohio State plays their big games if right. they get vaulted back up because right. I, I heard um, I think it was Joel Klatt say like there's going to be a huge difference between the two and three seed because the two seed you're probably getting Clemson who's the defending national championship going to be undefeated and then the four spot could be a bevy of teams it could be an Oregon team a Utah team an Alabama team and or Georgia even, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that whole thing shakes out, who they give the number one spot to, because Ohio State still has Penn State and Michigan. And the Big Ten Championship and, game. Yep, so both the, Penn State will be a top ten matchup if they hold on this week. Michigan is a top 15 team right now, and they could keep moving up if they keep winning. So I, I'll say this. After watching college football um, all season mm-hmm. and realizing, I, I, what was it, week four where Clemson played North Carolina? One of those weeks, well, you yeah. know, week three to five, three, yeah. four, five, whatever week it was. Um, Ohio State should do whatever it takes to get the number one seed because I don't want to play Clemson. Yeah, I've been on that Cle- for a while. Yeah. Clemson has, granted, they play in the weakest conference in college football. Not even close. They play some of the worst opponents in college football, mm-hmm. but they're doing what they need to do week in and week out. Show yeah. up, blow teams out, and yeah. show why they are still ranked as an undefeated team. Um, it's it's I I don't want to play them. I, I that's I the one either. team I'm I'm more most worried about. I don't think LSU worries me as much. Uh, yeah. Um, Bama doesn't worry me as much. I think the most the team I would want Ohio State to stay away from the most is Clemson. I I firmly agree with you because Wake Forest was supposed to be their one ranked matchup. Wake Forest lost this week, and now Clemson is favored by thirty four points in that game. Yep. And that that was supposed to be their biggest test for the rest of the year. We and talked that, about that a couple weeks ago. I think yeah. I think Mitch brought it up, yeah. saying they played Wake Forest soon and. Um, yeah, it was a rank going to be a ranked game, and all of a sudden now it's Clemson by freaking over four touchdowns. So, your final thoughts on before we move into this week, uh, Mitch Farnsworth? Uh, 
you know, it, it's going to be interesting how they do this rankings like you're talking about. You've got plenty of teams that are quality. Um, you know, I didn't agree with some of the rankings. I think Ohio State is, you know, obviously should be the best team in the country and should have that number one ranking. And I don't really agree with Georgia jumping Alabama. Or, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. But if we we're going to get into that later, you know, no, that, that's sure. fine with me. Yeah, moving right on with Georgia, we'll talk about starting this week. They obviously have a huge matchup against uh, on the road against uh, Auburn. Georgia is favored by three points. And we'll start with you, Mitch Bala. Um, can Jake Fromm and the Bulldogs live up to their new number four ranking against a tough Auburn team? Um, I At this point, I have to say, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry, yes is the uh, politically correct answer. They kind of found their offense. Um, they found their offense against Florida. Jake Fromm looked like the quarterback I thought he'd be all year. Um, yep. The reason I was so high on him coming to the season that he lost me completely. Georgia has a chance to reaffirm that they are the number four team in the country. I mean, even they control their own destiny, too. They, they control their own destiny. Yep. Um, I don't agree that they're four in the country, but guess what? That's why they pay the guys in the college football committee big bucks. And we'll, that's talk, why, we'll get into that later. I know. That's why I'm losing money in college yeah. right now. Yeah. But um, I, I like Georgia. I do. I'll just come out and say that right now. I don't have a score prediction for this game. Like I said, favorite by three. It's pretty close. Road favorite. Road favorite. Wow. I like. I like Georgia by six. Okay. I I really think that that Florida game is going to give them momentum and confidence since it was in the swamp. Right. Against a Florida team that, you know, had a pretty good defense. Yeah, that was pretty much the SEC East. Yeah, they playing games. They were stifling their opponents. Um. In reality of the college football scheme, I'm rooting for Georgia this week. Yep, because I don't want Alabama Only to hope up. that Auburn can beat Alabama because that will officially take Alabama out. And if it doesn't, then this system is already broke. The system has been broke. We'll it it has it. been broke. I it's, will admit that. Broken. We're going to talk on it later. But if an Auburn loss this weekend and an Auburn team beating a one-loss Alabama team yeah. doesn't eliminate Alabama, oh, then it will 100% be broke. There's no way around it because Alabama's schedule is... A joke. It, that's it's, that's it's being, near, that's putting it nice. Yeah, nicely. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's tough. We'll, um, we'll get into it. We will get into it. You but, said Georgia by six. I think Georgia's going to win this week by yeah. six. Um, I think that, like I said, going to the swamp, playing Florida, has their confidence up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm going to start to put my trust back in Jake Fromm. Uh, Farnsworth, over to you. Uh, Auburn's coming off the bye. I, uh, this these two teams are very similar in the way that they play. Uh, Georgia's second in scoring defense in the country. Um, they're the only team in the nation still not to let up a rushing touchdown yet this year, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, Auburn's been able to stay close mostly in those two losses that they have, and it's mainly because of that defensive line. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's going to be a big determination of who wins this game. It's going to be Georgia's offensive line, who's done really well this year. It's going it's to be against Auburn's defensive line, who's been one of the most like, most efficient and effective defenses in all of college football. Um, Auburn's getting back their team leader in sacks this week. Marlon Davidson is going to be back, um, but it looks like their leading tackler might be out. He's fighting a cold. Um, a cold? Wait, what? It's a cold? It's a cold. But oh, it's a tough. Whatever. I remember when I, I missed the T-ball game for a cold. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's going to come down to Bo Nix. He can't make mistakes this week. You know, I think... In those two games that he lost were on the road. This game is at home for Auburn. I, I think that's a little more of a uh, um, advantage to Bo Nix playing in front of his home crowd. 
there it doesn't really generate a lot of deep pressure on the defensive side of the ball, so that can give them a little more time. Georgia's passing game has been very inconsistent. For like, sure. Two weeks ago against Florida, it looked really good. Last week against Missouri, Jake Fromm went 13, 13 for 29 with 173. So yeah. that, that's going to be – it's just not that consistent for me. I think um, Auburn off the bye at home. I think Auburn wins. This game is going to be close. I think Auburn 20, Georgia 13. Wow. Ooh, low scoring affair. Yeah. I like that, though. That's a good prediction. Yeah, because Georgia's only allowing 10 points a game, and Auburn's giving up a touchdown more, giving up 17 points a game. But I'm, I haven't been too impressed with LSU when they escaped a, a, a kind of crappy Ole Miss team, one by only one by six. And I do think Auburn will have the, a, a bigger advantage because A, are the, they are the home team. B, they're coming off a bye. But I, I do think Georgia uh, will win this game. I think they'll win it going away. I think it'll be close, but they'll end up winning by two or three scores. Um, I will go with a score line of 28. Uh, uh, Georgia wins this game. Um, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Georgia just because I already know if Georgia loses this game, it'll be, well, SEC so good. They just all beat up on each other, and they'll find a way to put Alabama in like they seem to always do. But um, moving along in our games of the week, uh, Minnesota has another tough test. That now they have to travel to Iowa. Iowa is favored by minus three. Uh, so Mitch Farns with TU. It's a potential letdown game after the big Penn State win. We've seen it happen before. Ohio State had a huge uh, up come from behind win on Penn State, and then traveled to Iowa the next week and got shellacked. So do you think it could be a repeat of that? It's going to be interesting. Um, Iowa uh, gave up 300 yards rushing last week to uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think it was 100 of it was just in the fourth or fourth quarter, I believe. But um, man, I, I looked at that Minnesota team, and you have to give credit to Tanner Morgan, the quarterback for Minnesota. No one knows, but he's the fourth most efficient passer in college football. The only three guys he's behind is Hurts, uh, and Tua, and Burrow. And then he also is third in yards per attempt. He was 18 for 20 last week on 339 yards against what we thought to be a Penn State elite defense. But again, like we said, their secondary was a liability. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Iowa does have a solid secondary. They don't really give up the big play a lot like you saw like Penn State giving up. Um, but it's going to come down to Iowa stopping the ball or running the ball or stopping um, – Seven Minnesota's run game because they're three running backs. They're very, very efficient. Um, Iowa is 0-3 when they allow 120 yards or more this season. Um, I, I think it's I think they're 6-0 when they um, allow less than 120. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, Iowa doesn't really score a lot. Only time they scored over 30 was against Rutgers. I think Minnesota goes into Iowa. I know Iowa's a tough place to play. We all know that. Both of us know that in recent years, how difficult it is to beat Iowa in mm -hmm. November. So I'm going to go Minnesota 27, Iowa 17. Mitch Ball, over to you. Minnesota, Iowa. I don't know. I'm still over here pondering my thoughts right now. Um, road game for the, for the Golden Gophers. Yep. Iowa's a tough place to play. We, we all know this, yep. After the third quarter, you know, they have that home field advantage. Yep. And uh, 
I mean, Iowa's no slouch. They've been proven the past few years to play spoiler. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no reason to think that they can't do that again this year. It's hard, though, because I've seen how Iowa plays this year. Their offense is... Their offense is... Just not good. Potentially the most suspect offense for a team ranked. Really? 10 I, points against Michigan, 17 he, points against Penn State. And that's a Penn State team that just lost yeah. to Minnesota on the road. Only 20 against Northwestern. I mean, it's they're very suspect. Yeah. Um, but what time is the kickoff? If I, this uh, is a 4 p.m. It's game. a 4 p.m. kickoff. Okay. So, I mean, by the time, it, it will be technically a night game. Yeah. Daily because time. Because it'll be 5 o'clock by the time halftime comes around. Yeah. It'll be dark. So, Iowa has a chance to play spoiler and completely leave um, the college football playoff open to one Big Ten team, that being Ohio State. Yeah. Or potentially Penn State, had either of them went out and win the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. That being said, Minnesota has a chance to make a statement and I believe catapult themselves into the conversation to be in the top four next week. Yeah. With a road win against a ranked opponent. Yeah. Um, I like Minnesota. I, I can't. Or, I'm sorry. Do you want me to bet against Minnesota, Frank? Since you're a big Golden Gophers guy, you want me to say I was going to win this week, so they, so I keep. You know, for me personally, uh, I I'm the Jinx Master, so you can just put out whatever you want. Okay. Okay. Um, well, are you going to pick Minnesota? Because if so, I'm going to pick Iowa. Minnesota is right? my pick. Okay, then I'm going to pick Iowa. Okay. If Frank, if Frank's picking Minnesota. I'm picking Iowa this week. All right. Um, I think Iowa's going to come out and throw <laughs> up 50 points on the board and shut out Minnesota and put the Golden Gophers down in their their hole or burrow, whatever they come out of. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know, actually. If we're going to be honest, I think P.J. Fleck has done an amazing job at having his team ready week in and week out, taking it one week at a time, going 1-0 week in and week out. Yep. Um, and like I said, I, I'm not impressed with Iowa's offense. No, I'm I, right I, you can't you. be. You really can't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think Minnesota will go in. Move to 10-0. And, and move to 10-0. And, and yeah. Not only do I think that, I hope that as well because I think it makes the Big Ten look better. No, I'm with, I'm with um, you. I think the best thing for the Big Ten right now would be for uh, Minnesota to win out on their side. Oh, that, for sure. That would be the best thing. For an undefeated yeah. team to be in the Big Ten championship, regardless if Ohio State plays them or Penn State plays them, or, my God, if Ohio State were to lose two in a row oh, God. and Michigan Don't got it that. somehow. Don't say that. I'm, but I'm being honest. It would be the best no. opportunity. You need to have at least one undefeated team, and if you have two – then the argument is going to be made right, that for two, sure. two Big Ten teams should be in the Big Ten or the uh, college football playoff. I'm right. So, yeah, for sure. I like Minnesota this week. Iowa has not impressed me whatsoever. Uh, I am also going to pick Minnesota this week. Um, picked them last week. I'm not going to go against them now, but I do think this could be a potential letdown game. But if they win this game, they pretty much win the Big Ten, uh, the West. I mean, they have Northwestern next week. I Barring a major upset, I mean, if they win this week, and even if they do, do lose to Wisconsin the last week, Last game of the uh, of the year, they still they still win that side, and they will advance to the Big Ten championship game. Um, but for this game, I, I'm right there with you, uh, Bala and Farnsworth. I I am just not a fan of Iowa's offense at all. I, I I see a lower scoring game just because of the Iowa's inability to put up points on a consistent basis, and I think Tanner Morgan and and the Golden Gophers are going to go in go into Iowa and, and put up. A lot of points. I think they will put up points. I think this could be a potential blowout game. Iowa is the favorite, though, but I will pick Minnesota to upset them. My early upset of the week, and I'm going to take Minnesota to win this game, 35 to 10, going away in favor of the Golden Gophers. 
Um, so any final thoughts on that potential huge Big Ten game that has a lot of implications? Because if Iowa does win, um, if Iowa does win this game and then Minnesota stumbles against Wisconsin, Wisconsin could be the favorite coming out of the Big Ten West. They, they would advance out of that. So any final thoughts for you, Farnsworth? Did you say that was your lock of the week, Was it, or your upset was Minnesota over Iowa? I did say that, yes. All right. Well, uh, give me a few minutes. <laughs> keep walking for a little bit. I, call, I called this long. early in the week. How did I know this was going to happen again? You guys always somehow pick the same one without really conversing about it. I called them. All yeah. right. Well, let's go to, go to Mitch Falla next. Well, <laughs> Mitch Falla, you, your final My thoughts. My final on. thoughts. Um, I, get, I get it's not a top ten game. Like Still eight top, versus twenty. I know, but I'm yeah. saying it's not like a six versus nine or you know a, right. a nine versus eleven. Um, but I think this this has huge implications. Impl- huge implications, and this could very well be one of the biggest games of the year from a Big Ten standpoint. Because Wisconsin is he- heavy on Iowa. From a uh, college football landscape standpoint. Mm-hmm. For a university standpoint, listen, if Minnesota runs the table here... They're winning next week, playing Northwestern. But I'm saying, if Minnesota were to go undefeated and lose to an Ohio State team in the Big Ten Championship... They'd have still have a better resume than... Uh, but not uh, even that. Yeah. P.J. Fleck has just signed an extension to be there through 2026. Yeah. Imagine that. What imagine what that can do for the recruits in the state of Minnesota. Of Minnesota that they haven't sure. been able to keep because that program has been so poor. I, I believe this is the first time they've been 9-0 since 1904. It's been a long time. Yeah. That's all there is to it. This is the type of season that you have, and with them extending Fleck as long as they did, right? they could turn Minnesota into a, a – when I say powerhouse, I have quotes around it because I don't mean throughout the country. Maybe the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West is specifically what I mean. Yeah, It could be – Instead of all this Nebraska talk with Scott Frost, instead of all this Iowa yeah. talk with their constant tight ends they get in every yeah. year, that's all they ever produce. Yeah, it could be between Wisconsin and their stellar running backs that they get, and yeah. all of a sudden Minnesota. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is a huge week for them. They win. They're going to beat Northwestern. They'll go into the last week of the season playing Wisconsin at home. At home. Um, it's just it has huge implications for, like I said, not only just the Big Ten West, college playoff. football playoff. The Big Ten as a whole, yep. and as a program and university as a whole, this yep. this is just it's a huge game, especially coming off an emotional win last week against. They finally got a chance to prove themselves last week. Yep. they did just that, and they have another opportunity to, uh, to furthermore week. prove to the committee that they, they should, should be. be in. Um, so another huge, huge game with with playoff implications. Moving over to the Big Twelve, um, Oklahoma facing Baylor. Oklahoma is the road favorite by ten and a half. <laughs> So we'll start with you, Bala. Who, who in general, who is the Big Twelve rooting for in the playoff? Would they, for to get into the playoff potentially, would they rather have an, an OU team? OU team is probably better than Baylor in a whole, but would you rather hope for Baylor to go run the table? You, you go an OU team that is probably better than Baylor. For this is week eleven, right? Um, yeah, this is week this is week um, eleven or twelve. Okay. Either way, Oklahoma has week had 12, one week bye. Week 12, yep. So um, we'll say that it's week 12. They've had a bye, it's so they've played 12. 10 games. Okay? Eight, seven of their 10 games, they have looked like one of the best teams in the country. Is it Oklahoma? Oklahoma has, yes. Barely won last week? Well, that's that's the point I'm making. They yeah. lost to a Kansas State, a Kansas State team that 
Baylor beat. I don't care what the score was. Right. Baylor beat them. Yep. Last week, keep in mind, folks, we did the show last week earlier because, you know, a lot of us were <laughs> out and about. I was in, Frank and I were in Columbus last weekend at yep. Ohio State. Um, Saturday night I went out to the bars in downtown Columbus and the game was on. Yeah. And when I walked into the bar, Oklahoma was throttling Iowa State. And, and I, I will not forget Iowa when State, I overheard yeah. somebody go, wow, Oklahoma's about to lose. And I look up and it was 42-41. to 41. With the two-point conversion going on the line. They may have started out as one of the best-looking teams in the country. They have fallen off. They have 100% fallen off. They, I don't have confidence in them to say they are... 100% a top four team in the country anymore. No, I'm right. I'm um, with you. So, with that being said, I think you got to go root for Baylor. You have to root for Baylor. Yeah. Because here, what what happens here is if, if Oklahoma beats Baylor, but Baylor wins out and Oklahoma wins out, they're meeting each other again. Okay? Yeah. So, you'd rather have one of those teams be undefeated. So, if Baylor, if they were to split, you'd rather at least have Baylor win the first time. Yes. Yeah. Baylor win the first time. And I, the I, amount I, of disrespect Baylor's getting, I saw a, a stat last week. Um, or a few days ago, Baylor's nine and zero, both ranked thirteenth. But they're getting more disrespect than UCF had when they were going undefeated. Oh, Baylor has a, a bevy this. of quality they're, wins. They're getting as much disrespect as Minnesota has until this past week. I will one hundred percent admit that. In my opinion, granted, you can say all you want about LSU and Alabama. Yes, Alabama is better than uh, Minnesota, and I don't. Know. I don't know about Minnesota. I'll say Baylor, though. I will say Baylor. But if you in my opinion, if you show up week in and week out, no matter how, yes, when you play Miami of Ohio, if you're Ohio State, you should win seventy-six to five. No, okay, right. but when you're playing your conference opponents, unless it's Rutgers or Akron in that conference, <laughs> respectively, um, you should just continue to win, and that's right. what Baylor has done. It has not been pretty whatsoever. I'm not sitting here saying, "Wow, Baylor is a top four team in the country," because that's not what I'm saying, but. The lack of respect they are getting—it's—it's um, it's honestly it's, it's embarrassing, really. It, it's fine. It is. I mean, they—I know a couple weeks ago we made our rankings before the playoff came out. I said, "Look, Baylor deserves to be ranked ahead of Oklahoma." They're behind two lost teams. I know. It's, which, but granted, if Baylor wants to make a statement, that weekend is this weekend. No, they, you're absolutely they, right. It is this weekend, and if they lose this weekend, then guess what? Baylor's probably going to drop below 16, 17. So your, your actual prediction for the game? <clears throat> it's in Waco, correct? Baylor's home, 7.30 kickoff. Then at this point, I don't care if Oklahoma has Jalen Hurts. I don't care how many more five-star, four-star players they have over Baylor. I don't care what Baylor's been through in years Uh-oh. past with the scandals. Uh-oh. I'm going to take Baylor Oklahoma. at home over Oklahoma. And, uh, you know. Close, blowout. What is the spread? It is Oklahoma's favorite by 10.5. Oklahoma's a 10.5 point road on the favorite. Road. Yep. On the road at Baylor in Disrespect. Waco. With game day there. Game believe, day is there. I believe so. So I'm taking Baylor this week. I think they beat Oklahoma. And you can put that down for my upset. Wow, okay. <clears throat> I'll just go to my quick thoughts for this one, then we'll hand it off to you, Farnsworth. My only problem is um, Oklahoma's offense is, is miles better than Baylor's. And I just, I, I can't fathom away Baylor wins this game just because it's going to be a shootout and Oklahoma just has so much more offensive power than Baylor does uh, Baylor Oklahoma's almost putting up 50 points a game damn near where Baylor's getting 35 so there's no slouch but when it comes down to it I think Oklahoma just scores more and I see a very high scoring game the over under for this game is 67 and a half 
And well, it's because Big Twelve doesn't play defense. Absolutely, but Baylor, Baylor does have a pretty good defense. I mean, they comparatively to Oklahoma, early in the year Oklahoma was hyped to have really good defense, and they've fallen off. But I think Oklahoma bounces back. I think this is actually the worst case scenario for the Big Twelve is an Oklahoma win right here. But I do think Oklahoma wins. I don't have a score prediction, but I think it'll be a very high-scoring game. Um, Mitch Farnsworth, over to you. Yeah, like you guys kind of referenced it. Oklahoma's coming off, you know, blowing that 21-point lead to Iowa State. Iowa State, you know, had that two-point conversion dropped. And the very last second, you know, Bill Oklahoma picked it off. Like, it, the last second you could ever try to break up or intercept a pass. And Baylor has the same thing. They're coming off an overtime, a few overtimes with TCU. Right. Um, Jalen Hurts' decision-making was suspect last week. He threw that interception in clutch time. Uh, I didn't really like that at all. I I, I thought they, they could have put away that game much earlier when they were up so many. You know, like we said, they were up so high. Um, he needs to be able to protect the football. Jalen Hurts definitely surprised me last week. And, you know, how un, like inefficient he has been when he throws the ball. And this is a Baylor team. Like you said, this is a good defense. Baylor ranks 10th in the FBS in defensive passing efficiency. And they've only allowed seven touchdown passes this year. Obviously, C.D. Lamb's going to be a target for Oklahoma, and that's for uh, Hurts. Obviously, that's everybody's going to know they're going to go to C.D. Lamb. He's one of the best receivers, if not top two receiver in the country. Um, and Oklahoma's defense—they've given up 89 points the last two games. Uh, it, it's it's really like uh, suspect there. They said they were going to be able to uh, stop the or, uh, stop the offenses with. I think this is Alex. Alex Grinch from Ohio State that went to Oklahoma. They said they were going to have a great defense, and they've given up 89 points, and they were going to win over the turnover margin. They were at negative four in the turnover margin, and they've been written, like they've gotten written up by um, quality, you know, Big 12 quarterbacks. Skylar Thompson from Kansas State had 200 yards and four touchdowns last week. Brock Purdy, uh, Purdy had five touchdowns on them. So Baylor's key here is they got to make Hurts uncomfortable, like we saw in that Iowa State game. Or first half of the Kansas game, they frustrated him. The Kansas State game, they frustrated him. This Baylor defense has the ability to get the quarterback, and they don't even have to blitz. They've got such great pass rushers on the line that I feel like they're going to frustrate Hurts a lot. And last week, I was against Minnesota because they haven't beat anybody. So I'm going to flip the spectrum here. I'm going to go to the other side, and I'm going to go with Baylor. Wow. A lack of respect. They're going to win 48-41 over Ooh. Oklahoma. So, so you think Baylor outscores them in a shootout, huh? Correct. I think that that defense is just a lot is going to force Hurts into bad situations. Great passing, you know, secondary, and they got guys up on the defensive line that are going to frustrate him. I really like Oak Baylor just – Looking at it at that factor of that defense against Hertz is going to be beneficial to Baylor, and that's why they're going to win. So we'll move quickly through these two games. Um, Ohio State is favored by 52 points at Rutgers. Um, so the question, obviously, just like last week against Maryland, it's not a question of winning. It's a question, will, will they cover? So Mitch Ball, will Ohio State cover the 52-point spread? Drum roll, please. No, they will not, strictly because they're going to be up 49 points midway through the second quarter, and yeah. Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, any other big-name Buckeye will not play in the second half. Yeah. Um, 
I think they probably will win by 50. 52 is a little too much. I listen, 50, that's tough. That's <laughs> tough right there. 52 is tough. 50 though, I I they can see it. Um, part of the reason I think this is strictly because they play Penn State next week. That's exactly my own um, thinking. I think. Look, I left at halftime last week of the Ohio State Maryland game at the end of the third quarter because it was such a Ohio State did an onside kick when they were at fourteen nothing, which the, the which hold on time out. That was one of the best onside kicks I've ever seen because it looked like it was a drop pass into a bucket. Right. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yep. I wouldn't even have wasted that against – I would have tried that against Penn State or Michigan. I don't right. know why you're trying it against Maryland, but, you know, that's why Ryan Day is getting paid millions of dollars. And, I'm, like I said, I'm in colleges of money. Um, yep. So you don't how, think they cover However, I, I listen. It's 52 is a lot 52 of 52 is a lot of points. Is there a good chance to cover? Absolutely. Yep. I won't be shocked to cover at all. At the same time – I think with them knowing what's coming next week, yep. they're going to want to keep their their playmakers in Dobbins and Fields, Olave, Victor, Hill, everybody. Keep them safe. Oh, great, yes, everybody. Um, but the guys you get the ball the ball into their hand, let them make plays. Is what I primarily yeah. mean. You want to keep them healthy, keep them from taking unnecessary hits. So I really do expect these guys to be out of the game before or at halftime. Yeah, and. Uh, Ohio State games will like win. this, you this, just want them get them out, no injuries. Exactly, that is the priority. Um, I think you'll see uh, Chuginov taking snaps in the second half, handing off to Master Teague the third. Great name, um, man! What a beast name, actually, just beast name. I, like I said yeah. before, if he doesn't name his son Master, Master Teague, Teague the fourth, then he's failing at life. That's this all there is true. to it. Master, yeah. if you're listening right now, I know you're listening to me. Okay, buddy. One O H two, Master Teague the fourth. Um, I. Like I said, that's it. Ohio State will roll. This cannot. No chance of a trap oh, game. On. Let me knock on wood. No chance of a trap game. This cannot be a trap game because it's Rutgers. It's Rutgers. It's Rutgers. The embarrassment right? of college football. It, it can't be a trap game. Not a shot. I mean, I might put $10 on the money line just because if the Rutgers were to pull the upside, I'd, I'd yeah. win a lot of money. But I don't know. So, Mitch Farnsworth, <laughs> your thoughts on if Ohio State covers? I just put in my notes... Ohio State Rutgers, and under it, I just put LOL. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote down yawn oh. next. <laughs> okay, I said Ohio State. This is going to be interesting. I think they cover easily. Whoa. I oh. think Ohio State scores 76. Wow. And Rutgers scores zero. <laughs> 76 to zero. Yes. Wow, all right. With the third string scoring still. That's really all to talk about with this game. Ohio State's going to win, obviously. Um, but there is a big matchup over in the state of Michigan. Michigan State at Michigan. Michigan pretty much uh, pretty much a two-touchdown favorite, favored by 13-and-a-half. Um, we'll start with you, Mitch Ball. I have a question for you. It is a rivalry game, obviously. Michigan, I think we can all agree, is clearly the better team. But they are known for their uh, letdowns in big games. Will this be a letdown against a rivalry game? I don't know you're talking to me. I'm just really looking at I'm giving you a look right now like you're asking me that question. Uh, we haven't seen uh, Harbaugh do great against multiple rivalry teams. Michigan's looked very good the past two weeks. There's no dispute Since in that. Since the second half against Penn State, Michigan looked like the team that we expected them to be all season. Right. Um, no, there's not going to be a letdown this week. And if there is, my gosh, my golly, I don't know what I'll do, but yeah. I expect that team up north to go in and handle their little brother, um, figuratively. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I don't expect a letdown this week. I, For what I've seen from Michigan State this year when they played the Buckeyes and have played other Big Ten teams, coming off just blowing 
a lead to yeah. Illinois. That's just. I mean, my that's gosh, hilarious. at home. Yeah. It's no Michigan. It's fireable for D'Antoni. Michigan's winning this week. Yeah. Michigan's gonna go ahead, go in, beat you know, win the win the rivalry game and bragging rights for a year for the state of Michigan as a whole. Um, I don't see. I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. No, yeah. Michigan wins. Uh, Mitch Farnsworth, over to you. Uh, Michigan coming off the bye, so they're rested. I think they're um, a lot more healthier. Uh, Michigan State's coming in. They've got they're on a four game losing streak, including that loss that they had twenty eight three lead on Illinois. Um, I think the main thing Michigan has to worry about is they need to be able to stop Elijah Collins. Uh, last week he ran for one seventy and two touchdowns touchdowns against Illinois. So if you could shut that down, I just really don't. They have no passing game at all. I, I really, I don't see it. Um, State has had uh, went for 250 yards against Illinois, but Brian Lewerke threw three interceptions in that game. And Michigan is allowing fewer than six yards per attempt on rushing. So um, home team has lost the last four meetings too. The home team has not been able to protect in this game. Um, I really like, though, Michigan coming into this game. In the last 10 quarters they've played, they've outscored opponents 97-28. to 28. Um, I, I really like the off week because this was perfect for our last three games to make this final run. Um, I think Michigan State obviously will be ready to go. This is a rivalry game. So if Michigan, I think the start of the game is going to dictate how this game is going to go. Um, if Michigan, you know, has mistakes and they go back to the old ways that they were doing, then Michigan State's going to stay in this. But if Michigan can start well, they get up two or three possessions, I just don't think, I, when I look at the state team, they just don't have the capability of making a comeback. Well, you saw it last week in Illinois. They couldn't do anything in the second half. They played a great first half. And then the second half was an absolute train wreck. So I think Michigan's going to turn up the pressure on Lewerke because they don't really have a passing game. And Michigan's played really well on the uh, at the corner position. So I think Michigan wins pretty handily. Not too big, but I think Michigan wins 31-10. to 10. Yeah, we're, we're all in agreement here. I, I think Michigan defends the home turf. Um, and they beat Michigan State this week. Um, 14 points is a, a kind of a lot for me, especially in a rivalry game, but I think it'll be a close first half, and then Michigan will go away. I think they win by, by two or three scores, and they cover and also win the game. Um, but moving right along now. Can we do our question of the week real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah go right in. Question of the week. All right, Ohio State is setting a record this week against Rutgers. Can you guess the record? You repeat the question, please. Ohio State is setting a record before the game even starts against Rutgers. Can you guess the record? Setting a record setting. before the game even starts. Can you guess the record? Um, oh, largest spread ever in a Big Ten game? We are close. Ooh. Largest road favorite? Largest road favorite yep. by many betting services. Hell yeah, Frank. I'm a beast. I, w I whispered that to Frank followers. Yeah, not. I've seen it between 52 and 58 and a half. So also, you can kind of put also it in seen the middle that. of there. I've seen 52, 52 and a half, 57 yeah. and a half, 58 yeah. and a half. There's four different spreads on the game for this week. Um, it's going to be bad either way. <laughs> but hey, listen, I already came out and said I don't think they cover. I think because right. the Buckeyes are going to wrestle all their players. No, I'm right there with you. I mean, they're going to rest Chase Young. That's why he's not even playing this week. <laughs> yeah. 
resting. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. He's resting. He's well, why don't a, we talk about that? Yeah, br- well, bring it up. Let's bring that up right now. Bring it up. Chase Young gets suspended, taking a loan from a family friend, um, which he paid back in full, according to what we know. Um, the money, the amount of money has not been disclosed, at least throughout the major media mem- uh, outlets, but... Just your overall thoughts. I woke up that I don't. I think it was a Friday. The it day was Friday. It, it was, was Friday. a Friday morning, and um, I our see own, the group our own, chat. Our own Mitch Farnsworth broke the news to you and I before. Yep. We I got woke it up. From, I roll over. I'm like, what is I, going on? I was already on my way to Columbus. I yeah. was actually going to hang out with Chase, but then yeah. the news broke, and then I couldn't hang out with him anymore because you know he had to meet with his lawyers and yeah. um, whatever. Um, <clears> the timing right, maybe, of it is odd. Maybe I wasn't going to meet with Chase people, but you know, a guy could hope so. At least right. maybe I was hoping to see him. Um, timing was very odd, Mitch. You've you are not wrong about that at all. It's kind of convenient that it happens when Ohio State has two terrible teams. Perhaps their two weakest teams in the schedule, if not the weakest, if not the weakest, correct. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it happened. But like, at the same time, Mitch, if I'm not, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Ohio State did report it themselves, correct? This is this, yes, correct. This is, Which maybe this is all hypothetical because I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they did not become aware of how significant the situation was, or maybe they weren't fully aware of what the situation entailed. But yeah. knowing they wanted to save their season and the team and the program and the university's butt, they so because they we all, we went all, ahead and submitted to the NCA. We all know what happened last year with Urban Meyer. Yeah, and we, we know what happens. Ohio State does not have a good track record when they try to cover things up. Not at all. No, I mean, they probably have one of the worst track records. Yes. When they try, but actually, behind Baylor, um, it could be like Michigan State, though. Uh, yeah, that's true well, too. Yeah. Then, at the same time, that's not nearly as significant as Michigan State. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> that's true. Or Baylor. So yeah. when it comes to things of money and not, you know, the assault tattoos. or. <laughs> Or, you know, um, inappropriate gestures and touching. Um, I think Ohio State definitely definitely leads the nation in those categories. Yeah. Uh, no cap. But, I mean, moral of the story is, I mean, really, he wanted to fly his girlfriend out, supposedly, to, to see the Pasadena and the Rose Bowl and took a loan out. The timing is weird, though, because they said he took the money before he, he went to school. And the, was he holding on to the money and then just used it on that to flyer out to Pasadena. I don't think all the information's well, come out. As a uh, now retired collegiate, collegiate athlete over here, um, I will say this. The NCA is a joke. The rules are I, stupid. Listen, the, the rules that I have to, I had to agree on year in and year out um, in the fall before I – for baseball, which doesn't come around until the spring, yeah. they, they are a joke. And that's at the Division two level, okay? Yeah. I don't want to know what Division one's like. My guess is Chase Young 100% – Took a loan from a family friend. It wasn't an agent. It wasn't. A it was not an agent. He one hundred percent took a loan from a family friend. At the time, do we know if he ha- had the thoughts of paying it back? We don't know that. Okay, right. one could say yes, one could say no, but we don't know. So I'm not going to speculate like we do. My guess is he took out a lump sum of money to help him get through, because even these D one guys, yeah, even my buddies that They're I'm not have time I, for work. I'm not going to name them strictly because I don't want to even be remotely close to. Right, getting them in trouble, um, but you get certain stipends at the Division One level, whether you're on campus, you're off campus, whether you have a meal plan in the dining halls, whether you're off, and don't have a meal plan in the dining halls, you get a stipend per month. It's not enough to live. On. I, listen, if I told you the amount, yes, you're all oh, that's a lot. But at the same time, when you're the 
big guy on campus because right. that's what Chase Young is. Oh, okay, there's the no doubt about that. He's the star. Today the report came out he's still the unanimous number one pick. He's the best player in the draft, but you know he probably won't go number one because quarterback, quarterback is a need. That isn't enough, especially if you're going to fly your girlfriend to and from Pasadena, California, as well as pay for a hotel for her to stay in, mm-hmm. not to mention whatever else she wants to do out there. Because we don't know what she did out there. Maybe she wanted to go out and shop. You know, we don't know that. Exactly. However, the NCA is a joke. I wish the NCA didn't exist. I'm glad that the state of California put in that bill, and now the NCA has reassessed themselves and looked at everything that needs changed. Right. Um. I will admit this is an Ohio State fan. The timing is very odd. Oh, for sure. Very odd. For sure. Um, it is sketchy. But if there is proof, which it seems there is proof that Chase Young paid the loan back, then there really um, shouldn't th- there be isn't a an issue. I mean, because at the at the same time, yes, what he did technically violates rules. The but only issue is though he pays it back. We obviously don't know the amount of money, but when, when does he have time to work? L- like, who? listen, I guarantee you, the NCA knows the amount of money. They have oh, they, to. Oh, for they sure. have to. Absolutely. Part of me thinks this is being blown way out of proportion. I think people are thinking it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, when in reality it could be a grand. That could all that could have been what it was. Okay, or, or it could have been a lot, a lot of money. Right, but at the same time, Chase Young is still a college athlete, which you can take money from your parents specifically. Yeah. Okay, that is you can you're allowed to take whatever you want from your parents or legal guardians. So maybe his parents just gave him the money, and then Chase. Wrote a check or chase Venmo like all of us kids like to do nowadays. <laughs> yeah. The money that he owed the dude for the loan back. Okay, yeah. it could be as simple as that, and there's proof that he did that. Um, he'll be back against Penn State, and uh, I mean, I, Mitch, I'm curious. I know you've had a lot of takes for this, Mitch, so I want to hear what you take, your take, and your opinion on everything now that we're talking instead of texting. I agree. Interesting. Interesting. As the Michigan fan, that's it. <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right, you guys said about everything you could have said, so I I don't know what you want from me. I think you covered every little take that I made, so I think yeah. we're okay. So let's. I just want to make sure yeah. that you know there was nothing else you want to say, especially as no, I mean, I'm good. I I'm understand good. that people, our listeners, could think I have bias because since I am an Ohio boy, yep, uh, you, you covered it pretty well. It's yep. what story, everything, the different takes, and everybody's talked about it. So I'm, I'm, I just agree. Thank you. Yes. That. So we'll. It's a longer show now, but we still haven't even talked about the rankings, and that's probably my favorite part of the show so far. <laughs> we can uh, let's oh, just, let's just talk about how bad the college football playoff committee is. They they just contradict. What'd you say there, Mitch? How much time we have? We're at oh, 55 minutes, but we'll be all right. No, I'll tell you how much time we have to talk about how bad the playoffs is. Oh, we can oh, be here all day. We, we, we got all day. Our class is canceled. I got, I got to leave here around 3.30 for work, though, tonight. So that's fine. Um, but, hey, that's that's just an hour and 20 minutes. I'm talking about how bad the committee is. We got plenty of time. So we, I don't think any of us really have a problem with LSU jumping Ohio State. Just the quality of wins. So I, we, I, he I know he does, okay, but it's let's, not the major well, point. Let's, let's put it this way. I don't. Mitch, you may have a problem with who's ranked one and two, but as far as us three combined, I don't think we have an issue of who it's not a major the top issue. two teams are in the country. Yes, okay. I think it is. We'll hand- them either way you want. But, so we'll uh, we'll just skip that. Um, no one has a problem with Clemson three; they're ten and zero. Um, but the first, I was shocked that Alabama was not four to begin with. They have Georgia, the highest ranked one loss team, with their loss to South Carolina, which is the probably the worst loss out of 
Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and, and Utah. Well, Utah lost to USC with their third stringer. But, I mean, but in general, they put Georgia at four over Alabama at five. So what was your take, Mitch Ball, on, on seeing Alabama at five? I mean, I was shocked. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked, but I'm not. Strictly because you have to look back to what the committee did last week. So technically two weeks ago. Yeah. They put Clemson at five. Mm-hmm. Knowing damn well Ohio State and Penn State were going to play each other. They weren't expecting Penn State to lose at the time. Okay. Yeah. But they knew. And LSU-Alabama played. Right. They yeah. knew LSU-Bama played. They knew Ohio State-Penn State played. Which guaranteed that Clemson was going to get in. If they no, went out. If absolutely. they went out. I think this just opens the door for Bama to get back in. That's all I think. Okay, because Georgia still – who does Georgia still play? They still play uh, – they got Auburn this week, and I think after this week they have two dud games. Okay, but LSU is the clear runaway favorite for that side of the SEC, correct? I mean, LSU would, LSU is on the same side as Alabama. Georgia is on the Florida side. So LSU is pretty practically up two games on Alabama. So LSU will play Georgia as of now. In the SEC championship game, yes. Exactly, which means guess what? LSU's going to beat Georgia, and guess who's going to come marching right back into the top four? But If you, Alabama wins out... Hold on. That's where I disagree. I, I don't think they leave out... If Oregon and Utah both win out, and they're both one loss facing each other, and one team blows the other team out, I, I find it very hard how you can leave out, let's just say Oregon wins, a one-loss Pac-12 championship team where their first loss of the game, first loss of the year was the first game of the year. I understand that. To a cl- they won the look, whole game hey, except the last nine seconds. Listen, look how the committee's done it in years past. Look how the committee just set it up for the first week of the of the rankings, okay? The whole, They're leaving the door open for Alabama. There's they no doubt. want Alabama in there, okay? The, here's the my premium problem with the, the whole, there's no set criteria. There's no conference champions. Exactly, there isn't. So, so my main problem is if you look at the end of the year, Alabama will no doubt always have a top four roster, no doubt. But it's not, is it the most deserving? Is it the best four teams? Because if it's the best four teams, half the time there's no point of, of playing the games because it'd be LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama practically every year. You're right. I mean, Who has not, the I'm, four I'm best rosters? At all. Um, uh, let's get Farnsworth in here. Yeah, let Mitch go. Let Mitch, Mitch go. Well, your, your just thoughts on the whole playoff itself because it's a shithole. I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm just wondering, like you guys said, you kind of handed on the South Carolina loss for Georgia. It mu- is better than the Alabama loss to LSU by five. I, I'm right. trying to. Conf- I'm confused. Alabama. At, I understand both these teams were at home. They lost the games, but one loss to an undefeated, who's played one of the probably one of the best has the best resume in college football. The other one lost to South Carolina that lost to, uh, the same South Carolina team that just lost to Appalachian State. Which Appalachian, App State's pretty good. Still, South Carolina at home against App State, and they lost. And South Carolina hasn't looked good at all this year, except for that Georgia game. Now, why This is why it makes this Georgia-Auburn game so important this week. Because what are you going to do if Auburn beats Georgia? What right. are you going to do? Right. Auburn beat Oregon. Chaos. And Oregon's sitting at six. Yeah. Auburn's sitting at twelve. I know Auburn has two losses already, but their two losses are to LSU and what, Florida, which Florida is what it's sitting at eleven. Yeah. So how are you going to jump Auburn over Florida if Florida beat Auburn, but Auburn can't jump 
Georgia because Georgia loses to Auburn. I, I don't understand how this is going to work out. And that's what and I'm you I put Alabama back in at four. And then you look at Oregon. Oregon lost to Auburn. So Alabama could have head-to-head over that. If Alabama beats Auburn, that's just a team that Alabama beat that Oregon didn't. That just opens it up for Utah, which you look at Utah, and their only loss is on the road at night game against USC. But I just don't think their defense is really good at Utah. I just don't know if they have an answer for Oregon. Which then you have to look at Minnesota, who's at eight, which is undefeated. They still have to play the Big Ten championship game. They still have to play uh, Wisconsin, or um, yeah, Wisconsin still, and Iowa this week. And then you're looking at Penn State, and then you're looking at all these different games. It just it's it, it really has no clear cut way of this is working because it, it's it, it's. All, Florida beat Auburn. Auburn could beat Georgia. Where does Georgia go? Does Georgia beat Florida? So Georgia can't fall that far behind Florida, but Auburn can jump Florida or Georgia because Auburn beat Georgia and Georgia beat Florida. <laughs> so I don't know how they're going to range this next week if because this is how big of an impact Georgia and Auburn is. Right. Because it introduces that Oregon factor. It introduces the Pac-12 into this. It's just a huge thing. If Georgia wins, I think that Georgia's got a clear-cut move to the SEC championship game, and they'll play LSU. And then you got to talk about if LSU loses, are they still in without a title game? Because now that really knocks out Alabama. So the Alabama is kind of hoping for an Auburn win, but they got to hope that Georgia still wins the SEC. Right. Or, I'm sorry, that LSU wins the SEC because then Georgia gets knocked down, Alabama has to stay up. It's just there's so many different factors in this way. And this is why that Georgia and Auburn game should be getting more, you know, uh, visual on it because it is a big game. It's a big determining factor in all of this. And it's just there's no structure to the way that they make these rankings because they jump Minnesota from 18 to 8. Minnesota drops to four to nine, and I'm just—it's just these two lost teams. Baylor is by nine and zero. I know they haven't beat anybody, and they're obviously going to jump. But how high are they going to jump if they beat Oklahoma? They should jump all the. They should jump all. The, the, my problem with it is the contradicting of Minnesota and Baylor are both nine and zero, and I know Minnesota obviously just jumped the two lost teams, but Baylor. And Minnesota, if Baylor were to beat Oklahoma, would have Minnesota and Baylor would both have better wins than Alabama, uh, Utah, obviously Oklahoma, Florida, Auburn. They, they'd have two top. Uh, they both would each have a top ten win. And who is Alabama beaten this year? Who's their literally? Who's their best win? Nobody. Uh, probably. Uh, I couldn't tell you right now. What Texas A and M? Citadel. Yeah. Really, with Texas A&M is no, probably their best win. New Mexico State. Come on. Yeah. Or next week when they have to play. Uh, they play. Or, or, oh, they yeah. play what? Mississippi State. Is it even New Mexico? Is it even New Mexico State though? Even though they didn't cover though. Yeah. Eh. True. True. But well, that New Mexico State team is one of the three teams not to win a game this year so far. I mean, so. if you were to do a, if you were to do a blind test, take away names, and you were to line up Minnesota's resume against Alabama's. There would be no way you could – they both have terrible non-conference. We all agree with that. Their out-of-conference schedules were both jokes. Um, um, and then you go to the the big uh, – each of their conferences uh, games, and they both didn't play anybody. 
until last week, Minnesota beat up the committee's number four team. And Alabama, I know they only lost by five, but they, they, they were down 20 at halftime. They looked terrible, and LSU just took their foot off the, their pedal and to make the loss look better. But they was still the game really was never out of hand for LSU, in my opinion. And Alabama somehow, some way, will probably find a way in because this is what the committee does week by week. They say it's a clean slate. Every week is a start over of 1 through 25. And, and by the time that adds up, they, they use the the eye test for Alabama, but the resume is not there. They, they There needs to be a clear-cut set of criteria. You have to win your conference. You have to at least win your side of the division. You have to play nine uh, conference games. And, and until that happens, there, there is, it, there's going to be a Pandora's box. It's always going to be open for teams to be left out that, that should be deserving, but they might not be the best four teams. And that's just my whole, pretty much my thought on the rankings themselves, that until there's a set of criteria, there's always going to be a problem. Um, Mitch Bali, you haven't talked to for a minute. Make it eight. No, I don't like C, no. Well, guess what? You make it eight. Each Four power, is the best. You make it eight. Each Power Five conference winner gets in, and then you take the three best teams after that. You'd really settle down a lot of the arguments, but guess what? You make it eight, and people are going to be like, oh, make it 16. That's See, a little it, tough. I'm just, that's what guess what? The BCS was two. Guess what we did? We made it four. It's only a matter of time before this is going to be eight. Okay? I'm not saying it's going to happen next year okay, or in five years. It's going to happen at some point. It is going to happen. Okay? It's, I'm it's sorry. Four it's, is the perfect number, but there needs to be a set of criteria. There needs to be a set of criteria, but guess what? There won't be. There won't be. See, and then that's that's the main problem. The whole thing is still... The, the fact it's that they, all for TV ratings. It is for TV ratings. And the fact that they have people on the committee, like Oregon's athletic director... Granted, oh, he can't vote for Oregon. Yeah, but guess what he can do? He can still vote down for other teams ahead of Oregon, okay? So it's not like he still can't... He's one vote of the, what, 25? It's not like he can't swing votes around to try to help and benefit Oregon. It said last... When I saw it a week or two ago, well, he has to leave the room when they talk about Oregon. Well, That's same with Ohio State, so... Congratulations. I, mean, I don't care if he has to leave the room or not. He knows who's ranked ahead of him. No, right? I mean, it's it's a flawed system. It's just as flawed as the BCS was. The BCS okay? was not, was not tr- really that flawed. It was just all computers. This is certain. this is flawed. I agree. But if, I think it's more flawed. We think it's more flawed because we've added two more teams to the element now. If they really to wanted to do it, they, they would have just expanded the BCS to the top four teams. Because how are you going to tell a computer it's wrong? They, 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 they don't. The computer just all bases it off, all off numbers. Now you get personal opinion and yeah, a clear southern same, bias throughout the committee's room. at the same time, when you play sports still, everyone wants to take these analytical standpoints, and that's not the case or anything anymore. You play the game. Are analytics wrong sometimes when you look at stats and defenses and offenses and in every sport? Okay? Well, I mean, numbers are always skewed. Right, exactly. So that's the same thing can be said for the BCS system, okay? But I'm just saying the playoff, you, you put in personal people, you put in people and they all have their personal opinions, and they might not express them. They might have uh, a clear opinions that one team is better than the other, but you, there needs to be a set of criteria. Just end it that. I am not disagreeing with that whatsoever. There needs to be a set criteria. They need to come out and let teams know what that set criteria is before the season starts, but it's not going to happen. It's be- not going to. Because if you were to just – let's just play this this out, and then we'll end it with the, the locks of the week. If you were to just say – Alabama wins out. Their best win would be against what maybe a, a four four loss Auburn team, and then let's say let's say Minnesota does win out. But then 
loses to Ohio State, who is going to be the one or two team, you're really going to tell me that uh, Minnesota doesn't uh, deserve to be in over Alabama? Obviously, I just stated earlier, Alabama will always have a top-four roster in college football. Five-star, four-stars, they'll always have the best players. Um, they'll be, always be one of the best teams. But Minnesota should be more deserving. They, they won out and lost in the Big Ten championship game to Ohio State, potentially, or Penn State again. Um, but that, that that's my main problem. Um, Farnsworth, any final thoughts for you? Anybody know why Texas is 19? Yeah, I was looking at that earlier. It's because awful. because I, I think the committee just that thinks bolsters that LSU. Tom Herman, you know, is just the greatest coach since sliced bread. Even though Tom Did Herman just lose to Oklahoma, why is Kansas State twenty four? If Texas is nineteen, because I mean they barely they lost the to TCU. System is flawed. They barely, they, oh well, then they barely beat Kansas State. Yeah, they barely beat Kansas State. That's why. Yeah, um, that's a okay. good loss, you know. I'm, I'm kind of confused. Iowa's big losses are what? Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan and um, Who's the third? Penn State. Yeah, and those were all practically pretty close games. I don't know why that's they're behind Texas, but whatever. Yeah, we'll move in and wrap up the show here. Um, locks of the week, uh, I'm taking Georgia minus three against Auburn. Um, Mitch Bolley, your lock of the week. Have you done any research? I, I honestly completely forgot about my lock. I was about to say I already gave it to you, but that was my upset pick of the week. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go find a lock really quick right now. All I know is bold prediction. It will not be accurate, even though they already played this week. Mitch Farnsworth, your lock of the week. Uh, Virginia Tech is a six-point favorite at Georgia Tech on the road. Um, Georgia Tech 2-7 and seven right now. I haven't played a great year at all. So I'm going to go Virginia Tech on the road. Um Bala will put Even you though up. the ACC yeah. doesn't make any sense every, every different we every week it's somebody beats another person they shouldn't have so obviously I'm gonna risk it go yeah. with the ACC. Um, so we'll put Mitch Bala on hold. We'll say he's upset. You're upset. What was it again? Uh, Minnesota ten and a half point underdog at Iowa. Or you mean you mean Baylor? You mean Baylor? Oh, I'm sorry. Baylor. Baylor. Wow. Baylor. Baylor. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very. I'm looking oh, at the. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the Iowa Minnesota game on my <laughs> on my screen right now. <laughs> I meant Baylor is my upset ten and a half point underdog at or home against Oklahoma. Okay, and sorry. I, my upset. I, I teased it earlier. I I, I kind of stole Farnsworth. We just didn't talk about it. That's the first time that's happened. Minnesota plus three. I'll snag them. And who did you change your pick to, Mitch Farnsworth? I'm gonna do your opposite of the lock. I'm gonna go Auburn plus three versus Georgia. Okay. And then Mitch Bala to end the show, your lock of the week, sir. My lock of the week. Have you checked out the herd? I have not checked out the herd. I'm, I've gotten away from the herd the past couple weeks. Um, <laughs> I haven't even checked Dartmouth. Um, yeah. Big win last week, too. I mean, wow. But um, your lock of the week, My sir. lock of the week. You know, I, I couple... would stay away from Marshall today. Oh, boy. No, All boy. Right. Because they're playing 8-1 Louisiana Tech. Oof. Oof. What's the spread? Uh, I, I'll have to look that up real quick. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, now you got me intrigued, Mitch. Damn it! <laughs> right, hold on. I, I'm going quick. Hold on. Uh, Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh, it is a three and a, wow, they're three and a half or three point favorites. Take them. The herd they're opened is they're opened at three point favorites. Now it's six and a half for Marshall. Take wow. Em. The thundering herd are favorites. By they're touchdown. favorites by six and a half. On wow. the road? No, they're over on. eight and one Louisiana Tech. 
Is that is he oh pulling the trigger? Oh my god, the third have never failed me. The third had the herd. Uh, well, I, but I think folks. one time before the herd have failed me. But you got might yeah, have to one time. Shame on me. Losses to Texas. Jeez, I don't know. Okay, whatever. All right, wow. so that means my lock of the week is a Florida seven-point favorite at Missouri. All right, there he goes. Boom! <laughs> you weren't expecting that, folks. He, you're damn right. We were not. Took that out of nowhere, but um, this was a very long show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We we touched on a lot, um, and then thank you guys for tuning in. Three miles. Michigan sucks. <laughs>